Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hi, everyone. I hope you are feeling good after this busy week of match week and that everyone uh, got where they want to be. And if not, there's always round two. Uh, So that's a busy week for pharmacy and and the medical profession as uh, residents are finding out where they will be for the upcoming year. Really exciting time. And everyone is, is hopefully recovered from the APHA annual meeting. I hope that uh, APHA and, and other pharmacy associations will continue to come back to Nashville to the Music City Center. It was great fun. And in this episode, I was able to catch up with one of the speakers. Laura Borgelt from the University of Colorado was the key speaker for medical cannabis at the APHA annual meeting. And I wanted to catch up with her because uh, the pharmacist's role in medical cannabis has been one of the most popular podcast episodes. Uh, since it's it's uh, still something that's new and that pharmacy and pharmacists uh, want to learn more about, we, we didn't learn a lot about that while we were in school, but as more than 30 states have passed legislation, we're wanting to learn some more information so that we'll be prepared for when patients come in and are asking questions uh, about their treatment or if it interacts with any of their other medications. Uh, there are studies that are out there. Uh, Israel and Canada really seem to be the leaders out there, particularly since uh, the U.S. has not legalized cannabis yet. It's still Schedule One. But I hope you'll enjoy this interview with Laura. Uh, it was a pleasure to, to catch up with her and get to know her. And she's Uh, been in this space for at least five years. And and as you'll hear, she uh, didn't quite mean to go into the the cannabis space, but being in Colorado and wanting to uh, always be an advocate for patient safety, she is now a leading thought leader in the area. Also, be sure to check out www.npr.center to learn more about the medical cannabis industry, particularly for pharmacists. We'll be having some information uh, from leading subject matter experts there, and we are excited to share that with the pharmacy industry in the next upcoming week. So check out npr.center and sign up so you'll be the first to get access to all of that curated information. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Laura Borgelt, is the Associate Dean for Administration and Operations at University of Colorado Skaggs School of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Science and serves as professor in the Departments of Clinical Pharmacy and Family Medicine. Laura received her BS in pharmacy at the University of Iowa and her PharmD at the University of Colorado Denver. 
She completed an ambulatory care specialty residency uh, with the University of Colorado and Kaiser Permanente Rocky Mountain Division. Laura, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and tell us a little bit about your personal life. Sure. Well, from the professional side, I've been at the University of Colorado now for almost 18 years. I've spent a majority of my career, over 20 years, serving in dual roles between clinical pharmacy and family medicine. So I've really received a lot of training in the primary care primary care realm. Personal life, I have three young boys, 9, 11, and 13, and enjoy activities outside and a special love for swimming. Well, wonderful. Uh, So, Laura, first, can you tell us a little bit more about your current role as Associate Dean at the University of Colorado? Sure. In that role, it's a fairly new role for me, actually. I've just taken on that role within the last couple of years. I really help the dean with special projects at our school um, that can range anywhere from nominating people for awards all the way to developing different plans and strategies at the university. Wonderful. Uh, So, Laura, you're here in Nashville. You're speaking at the APHA's annual meeting uh, on medical cannabis, and you've really positioned yourself as one of the leading experts in medical cannabis in the country. You've served on the AACP task force that developed a toolkit on medical cannabis. Can you tell us a bit about the journey that took you to doing this work? Sure especially since the journey didn't start with me ever wanting to be an expert in cannabis. It just kind of has happened that way, um, in a very good way, actually. But it really started about seven or eight years ago when I was in my family medicine practice, and one of the physician residents had a patient who was breastfeeding and smoking a joint per day. And the resident told the patient that that was completely fine. And I thought thought to myself, "I'm, I'm pretty sure that's wrong but I don't know if it's right. And it was really this curiosity that led me to look up more information about it. My passion at that point had been women's health and patient safety, so it was kind of a nice blend. I looked up the information, which was very minimal, came back and reported back to the physician um, and the physician resident what I had found, and that physician recommended me to give one talk at the Colorado Medical Society, and I became the expert (laughs) based off of one talk. And that was many years ago now and has been a really fascinating journey since then. Yeah, that's interesting. And so with you being in Colorado, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Colorado is definitely known for having a more pro uh, progressive uh, in the, the medical cannabis and now uh, recreational has been approved. How, how does that look a little bit differently than maybe if you were practicing in other parts of the country? I think it makes a big difference. Colorado has had medical cannabis legalized since 2000 and recreational uh, was legalized in 2014. And what I think that's done is really create a culture in our state of talking about cannabis much more freely than in states where maybe it's not legalized. So our primary care docs have routine conversations about its use with patients, and it really has opened up opportunities for me as a pharmacist to talk to patients about cannabis use in their drug therapy regimen. 
Yeah, interesting. And and I, I know that you must still be interested in, in women's health, as I saw a recent article that you, you've just written on uh, contraceptive prescribing mm-hmm. uh, by pharmacists in Colorado. So that's that's great. You're able to, to stay with that passion as well. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast because in Tennessee, uh, there's legislation being reviewed during this spring session in 2018, uh, with legislation for medical cannabis, including language that pharmacy will play a role in, uh, the counseling. So Laura, many pharmacists may not have had a lot of exposure to medical cannabis, know what it is, what are the benefits? Can you talk us through through some of the pa- the basics and maybe um, where do you see pharmacy really playing a role in this emerging treatment? I really think pharmacists play a key role in answering questions that patients may have about cannabis and how cannabis is integrated into their medication regimens. I think it can often be a difficult conversation for pharmacists to have because they're not always certain how to address the questions, which leads us to needing more education in this realm. Um, but above and beyond that, we also need to be screening for drug interactions. And we don't have a lot of information about drug interactions. And even if we do, it, it begs the question of where do we look? And so there's a great need, I think, for pharmacists to get more education, but then also to be asking patients about their use of other products such as cannabis with their current medications. Yeah. So can you walk us through kind of a a typical patient experience? Uh, What what types of patients are eligible for this medication? Uh, I know it varies state by state. And what might they expect when they come to your clinic to receive care? So from in most states where medical cannabis is being used, they would see a cannabis provider, physician, that would provide a recommendation to the state, which means basically that the patient qualifies based on a condition that they have to receive cannabis. That uh, recommendation is then sent to the state. The patient then would receive a card from the state that would indicate, okay, I can now go get medical cannabis at a dispensary. At that point, um, depending upon the state, there may be a pharmacist in the in the dispensary in very few states. We have approximately three or four right now that have pharmacists dispensing the cannabis at that point of care. In a place like Colorado, we don't have pharmacists in the dispensary. Um, I wouldn't really see the impact of the medical cannabis until after it had already been used and recommended by a bud tender, and then they would be coming back to my primary care clinic with that now as part of their medication regimen. Interesting. So how would pharmacists go about learning more about this industry? There are, just like here at APHA, some CE opportunities. There are some online as well. Um, There are deep dives that people can take with various credentialed programs, but they're very few and far between and are not necessarily geared to the pharmacist. So if someone's wanting to take a deeper dive into this, you're really looking at kind of a more broad perspective from the medical and um, pharmacist point of view. Yeah. So were there any big hurdles for you or or I guess that you'd see for others getting into this industry? I think there can be because there's a lot of perceptions about medical cannabis and it spans all the way from completely against to 
always for. And so I think uh, my role really has been to do what I can to educate about the fact that marijuana is a drug like many other drugs with potential benefits Mm -hmm. and potential risks and Mm -hmm. um, to really help patients understand that in certain situations that actually may give someone a lot of relief and help them and in other cases it really could cause a lot of bad adverse effects and should not be used. Yeah. So are you seeing any generational differences in support of medical cannabis or any other trends across the country? Well, we do see um, there are still some concerns, obviously, in our adolescence. Um, the, the brain is still developing at that point. We don't really fully develop our brains until they're 25 years of age. So I try to discourage younger adults from using. Um, however, where we really have seen an uptake is actually in our older population, uh, people who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, even in nursing homes. Mm. And I have a feeling that that's related to the fact that they're looking for some relief from a variety of different conditions that they may, may be experiencing. And now mm. in Colorado especially, it's readily accessible, and so they're interested in trying it. The difference is that the marijuana of today is much more potent than the marijuana of the hippie days <laughs> from the 60s and 70s. And because of that, there can be a higher incidence of adverse effects and negative things that could happen. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can definitely see some uses in long-term care, with a lot of insomnia, pain. And so you're kind of, I guess, hitting some of those uh, conditions with, with, one uh with cannabis versus having to add on multiple therapies um and very interesting so what do you really see is the future of uh, the medical cannabis field and and how does that fit into the future of pharmacy well i don't have a crystal ball (laughs) but i do see i mean clearly we've seen a huge uptake across the country over the past several years we now have well over half of our country um, with regulation for marijuana. And in fact, if you include all the states that even include laws regarding CBD or cannabidiol, we have almost the entire country, about 46 states. And so it's a really, it's a very high, highly um, popular thing that we're really getting exposed to and we're looking at on a national level. I don't know what the feds are going to do with it ultimately, but I think it's an important topic that they're going to have to address at some point, unless they just continue to decide to let each state determine the laws. From a pharmacy perspective, I think what we've seen is that it just continues to grow um, in terms of our patients wanting to get more information. They're looking to pharmacists to answer questions about it as a medication, how it fits into their drug therapy, and what they should be doing. Um, to help them with their various conditions. And so I think pharmacists are really going to be placed into a position, if they aren't already, to respond to those questions and provide education. Yeah, yeah, that's really helpful. And so you just mentioned cannabidiol or or CBD. So for some of our listeners that may not know what that is, can you kind of share a little bit about what that is? And and then uh, is there any particular type of of uh, cannabis that you typically see in your practice okay so cannabis as a plant has many different components there are over a hundred active cannabinoids and when we talk about cannabinoids THC is the psychoactive cannabinoid which most everyone is familiar with 
CBD cannabidiol is a non-psychoactive cannabinoid but which has been shown to have some therapeutic effects. We also have CBN and CBC and many other cannabinoids that may have some therapeutic potential. And of course, there's other parts of the plant that may be adding to the effect of the cannabinoid as well. And so with that, we have a plant that can really uh, have potential, a lot of different therapeutic effects. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so Laura, as our final question, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their careers? Well, I think um, from my perspective, it's really living out your passion. I really, I love to educate. I love to help others. I think that's a lot of the reasons why we join this field. And I think it's when you follow your passion, you will find success and and happiness. And I think pharmacy is an amazing profession with a lot of different opportunities for people to pursue. And um, yeah, I think I would just encourage my younger self to keep following my passions. Yeah, love that. That's something that that um, I do get to hear a lot from from some of the other guests is kind of following your passion and finding mentors and, and some other good tips. But um, it's it's interesting to see kind of how sometimes our our paths may take an un- unexpected turn, and and now you're you're really getting to continue that learning process and really be in a new field uh, where you're still able to to really help people and do that educating uh, that you're passionate about and helping others so yes this path was not one I intended and I had to make a conscious decision at some point to say I love to teach and I love to educate and so you're right unexpected things happen but when you find good people and you know you have a good heart it usually will lead you well Yeah. Well, Laura, thanks so much for being on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. It was wonderful having you. Thank you, Hillary. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys, to this episode. And I wanted to share two online or virtual summits that are going on right now. The Elevate Pharmacy Summit by Blair Thielemeyer is happening right now, March 21st through the 25th. Uh, So be sure to check that out. She's over at ElevatePharmacySummit.com. And also coming up from Alex Barker is the Happy Farm D Summit, which should also have some really great uh, speakers and some great things to learn. It's a free seat to a four-day online summit. And that is going to be March 26th through the 29th. So be sure to check both of those out. 
Also, be sure to check out www.npr.center to learn more about the medical cannabis industry, particularly for pharmacists. We'll be having some information uh, from leading subject matter experts there, and we are excited to share that with the pharmacy industry in the next upcoming week. So check out npr.center and sign up so you'll be the first to get access to all of that curated information.